Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Jennifer Hand. Jennifer is on the show talking about how a little yes can go a long way, because this season on the podcast, we're talking about my devotional, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. And so each week, we're going to go deeper into each devotion. And today is A Little Yes, because Jennifer has written a book called My Yes is on the Table. So join us today to put your yes on the table and watch God do more in your life than you have ever imagined. Hello, Jen, and welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. I'm so happy to have you. I am so excited, Rachel. So fun. I wish we were in each other's living rooms or something, but we can at least be together via this camera. And I am excited to meet your listeners, even though we're not really meeting, but still, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. And, you know, I feel like I, we just officially met, although I feel like I kind of have known you. I've been tracking you like on social media. I've seen you at some conferences and I just love your heart and what you do. And so to introduce you to the listeners, you know, today's podcast is all about how a little yes can go a long way. So as we begin our conversation, I just want to hear about when you first said yes to knowing and believing and following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I love this question. And isn't that the biggest yes we could ever say? It is the best. And isn't it amazing how one short three-letter word changes everything? Yes. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is such a small word with life-changing impact. And so I was blessed to grow up in a a home that took me to church that talked about Jesus. And um, so I was I'm so blessed that I was young and I know sometimes people can think when they maybe accepted Jesus at a young age that they don't have a big testimony, but anytime we say yes to the Jesus who gave his life for us and it changes us, it's a life-changing testimony. And so I actually was eight years old and my sister and I were listening to Salty, the singing songbook, which you may not know, but it was a hymn book, a kid's singing thing, a big blue hymn book. And he sang children's songs. And, um, I was listening to him sing about heaven and I decided I want to go there. And so I wrote my parents a letter in my rose scented diary saying, I want to say yes to Jesus. And I ripped it off, put it on their bed. And they ended up inviting the pastor's wife over. And she led my sister and I to know how do you pray and tell Jesus your greatest? Yes. So I've been blessed to know him since then. Yeah. You know, I just, well, there's so much in that. And I'm just thinking that is the best. Yes. And it is so simple, but so impactful. And, but I think, you know, as I talked about in my devotion, it's kind of, to me, at least it's an easy, it's easy to say yes to Jesus, like yes to unconditional love. Yes. To forgiveness. Yes. To eternity to spend with him. Um, but yet to keep saying yes, throughout our life to be obedient, that's when it gets tricky. And so that's what we're going to dive into today. And so now to to continue on in your story, you're now the executive director of Coming Alive Ministries. So Jen, tell us more about this ministry and how it's taken you around the world to serve. I love how God is faithful to his truth and his promises in his word. And he says in Ephesians 3.20 that he has more than we can ask or imagine. And I have a big imagination, Rachel. I am a dreamer. And, uh, but when it comes to the details and the doing, I'm glad that God empowers that, which he's called us to, because I'm a dreamer, but it's those details that can get you. And, um, I remember the same time I said yes to Jesus as a kid, 
um, to wanting to know him, I began to hear about people around the world who didn't know him. And I began to feel, I want to tell them about him, even at this young age. And I also fell in love with God's word, my precious moments Bible with the the pictures of the, the cartoons. I remember Psalm 23, there was a picture of a shepherd, precious moments style. And um, if you don't know what that is, uh, we'll link it in the show notes, Google an image, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it, I wanted to teach God's word and I wanted to go around the world and do it. And so my yes to God meant after um, college ended up going overseas um, and I thought I would live and die in one country in one place and have a missionary offering named after me. And often, Rachel, when we say yes to God, we think that that means one place, one situation, it's one and done. But what I've learned is yes is a daily surrender. And it's sometimes the things that feel like good things are not God's things. Mm-hmm. And so living and dying in that one country was not my final yes, because God began to tell me, even though I loved it there, I thrived there. I lived in Nepal. I said goodbye to everyone I knew and loved. And I went there uh, while there, God was saying, but your next yes is to leave there mm-hmm. and to walk into the unknown. Like Abraham in Genesis 12, where God said, go. And he went, God told me to leave Nepal, but I didn't know what for. And I ended up coming home and starting coming alive ministries, which is my dream. Uh, because I get to teach God's word. I travel around the world, minister to missionaries. I have a trauma counseling degree. And so I do trauma care after natural disasters and war now in over 52 countries uh, because yes is not one and done. It is daily surrender. Yeah. Well, if, let's. If you, you do have a master's degree in trauma counseling. So how has God opened doors for you to help those who are suffering around the world? Well, He just so intricately, Psalms 139 style, where it says that he fearfully and wonderfully knows us. He made us. He knows our days. He's numbered them. Um, And I believe I had lived in Nepal. I had the degree uh, or I had the ability to speak Nepalese. I came home and got a master's degree in um, trauma care, trauma counseling. And then an earthquake happened in Nepal and it devastated the country. And I was able to go back and stand on that holy ground of suffering and provide trauma counseling after that natural disaster in their heart language, actually on the places where the suffering had occurred. That was my next yes to God. And um, through that, God began to open the door for me to travel the world and do that. Earthquakes. I have done tsunamis. I have done hurricanes in the U.S. Um, I literally got in my car the day after Hurricane Harvey, still driving through flooded interstates um, to go show up. on. I, I call it the holy ground of suffering. So that's where my guest has taken me now is showing up uh, when people are at their lowest and just coming alongside them and reminding them we have a God who is with us and he wants to meet you here and he's sending me to tell you God sees you, knows you and loves you. And that has taken me literally around the world. My most recent yes was to go to Ukraine in the middle of a war. And so I spent the month of July of this year in the middle of a war in Ukraine because God said, go. And I'd already put my yes on the table. So I went. Wow. We, we keep referring to this and I don't know we've ever made this official, but Sue, you actually have a book that's titled <laughs> my yes is on the table. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, I mean, we, we see this strong, this message strong throughout your life and you've continued to say yes, but do you, what actually inspired you to write this book? I mean, was it to, because you had done it and you wanted everybody else to experience like what can happen when you say yes, or I don't want to put words in your mouth. So what <laughs> inspired it. the book? I, that is a great, one of the reasons is because I have learned the adventure of yes, and that it is the adventure of a lifetime. 
when we follow God. And, and I don't want the listener to think, oh, wow, she's got it all together. People can put missionaries in super Christian boxes. No, the Bible is full of characters who said yes to God that were just ordinary people like me and you saying yes to an extraordinary God. But always there was struggle because they're humans. And so I want to say to you, I wrote my guesses on the table one first for me because I get afraid and I want to say no. And I struggle. And sometimes I have said no instead of yes and missed what God had um, in store. And so I wrote the book, My Yes is on the Table, because God was asking me, Jen, will you already write? I wrote a literal yes and put it on a table as an act of surrender, a prayer, because sometimes I think there's something there when we do a physical act of what our heart is saying. And then God began to say, will you live with that yes every day on the table, no matter what I ask you to, wherever I call you? However, when that means loving your upstairs neighbor who continually knocks on my door when I'm doing a podcast because I live in a quadruplex and she comes down. This has happened multiple times, begging for a plunger. It always seems to happen, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and is yes, loving her well, um, or whether that is going to the other side of the world, all the yeses in between. Um, I want to, I've already said yes, so that I am ready to surrender, especially the fears that come with yes, because there are a lot of fears that come with saying yes to God. Jen, I'm so glad that you approached that because we can look at people like you and be like, well, my yes isn't good enough because I haven't gone all the way around the world. Like I'm, I'm here in my little town with my little family and with my little friends and my little church. And that's not enough. My yes to, to be obedient, to speak to the person that I see at the grocery store. Like that is, I, I want to communicate. And I think you would too, like, that's just as important. Both are important. The, 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 the big mountaintop moments, but then the, also the ordinary moments too. Like, I don't want to discount or demonize either one. God's going to use them all. Would you have anything to say more on that? Like the, the or, more ordinary yeses rather than these big, like take me across the sea kind of yeses? Well, I think what I would speak to is our really, we often compare our yeses. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest thing to do yes. in a social media world where we can see what people had for breakfast yeah. and be like, wow, their life looks much more Mm-hmm. fancy and Hollywooded. Is that a word? Yes. Yes. We, <laughs> I just made, made it up. It. If not, Rachel, <laughs> I just made it up, but we can compare our yeses to someone mm-hmm. else's yeses because we compare our lives to everyone we see in little squares on Instagram, which I love Instagram, but, um, it, it can be so easy or to compare the person, um, in church serving in a different area than we are. And, um, I always, it's just so cool. I, I have a very, like real life example in that I have a twin sister who has lived a very different yes to God than I have. She has four children. I'm single. She um, has lives in the, doesn't like to get on a plane, hasn't really traveled the world, but she is changing the world from her house as she pours into her kids, as she and her husband have started a church. It's in the daily where people show up at her door and she welcomes them in and she cooks them a meal and she listens to the college student's heart that is struggling and takes time to be with them. Um, That yes matters just as much as my yes to yes, I'll go to Ukraine because God is the one writing his glory through the story. And that's what I want to encourage you is don't waste your time. It's so easy to compare your yes. And often we find people that have the same calling or thing that we're saying yes to. And we compare to that. Mm -hmm. Like moms, don't compare your motherhood journey to someone else's because you always feel like you don't measure up, that you're not a, that you're a failure. But when you're 
eyes are on the one who called you to be a mom. He's going to be whispering, well done. I'm equipping you. I'm watching you. I see you. I love you. And I love the kids that I have given you. So you be you as you say yes. Um, so I could get passionate about this, Rachel, because I don't want anyone to miss the yes God has for them because they're comparing it to someone else's yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. And you know, you mentioned fear earlier and I'm so happy in some ways I shouldn't be like that, but to, to hear that you're, you actually battle with fear that you actually wanted to say no, but you worked through that. And so that's actually the tagline of your book is moving from fear to faith. So what do you think when you, when you've asked other people and just in your experiences, what do you think we're most afraid of? Like what is holding us back from saying yes? Well, I ask people the question, I want to say yes to God, but I'm afraid of fill in the blank. And I got answers from, and I'll start with my own answers, fear of rejection, fear mm. of failure, uh, fear of success. What do I do if I succeed? Cause then I don't know what to do next. Um, fear. Those are kind of my fears. Mm. Um, but I get everything from fear. Will God provide for my yes, uh, fear of what other people will say fear of, did I hear God right? And the underlying thing of all of these fears truthfully and honestly is, do I really believe in the goodness and character of God? And that's where we have to wrestle and get to know the goodness of character of the God we're saying yes to, uh, because my fear of what if I fail is saying, well, that I have to do this and figure this out on my own. <laughs> but when I get to know the goodness and the character of God, then I can see a God who redeems our stories and our sins. Even he sent Jesus for us and our, um, he, redeems people's failures all the time through the Bible and works through their failures. And he tells us that he will equip us and that he gives the same power of the Holy Spirit lives in us that raised Jesus from the dead. Um, so if I have that spirit in me and I'm living with that, knowing that character of God, then I can be much more brave, even if I'm afraid to fail saying yes anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you alluded to this a little bit earlier, but in, in your book, you talk about the story of the Israelites as they journeyed out of the wilderness and into the Holy land that God had granted them. And then in each chapter, you challenge readers to move from a fear stop to a faith step. Do you have any examples of this that you'd share with us, like through the story of the Israelites kind of pulling it back into scripture? Well, I think it started for me is uh, I was standing on Mount Nebo, which in Deuteronomy, the very last chapter is where we find Moses. He's in Mount Nebo. He's standing there. He's looking out into the promised land, but fear and disbelief had stopped him and the people from going in a whole generation because they were promised a promised land. They got to the edge of the promised land and then they went in and they said, we, we don't believe that God can take care of these giants. And so they missed it. They ended up having to wander in the wilderness. And I remember standing on Mount Nebo. I had been on a trip where I was actually very afraid, almost said no, almost didn't go um, to minister to people in the middle of a war that was going on nearby where we were. And I looked into the promised land and I thought, I don't ever want fear or unbelief to stop me from the promised land. Cause I've been on both sides. I've stood in Israel um, on the other side of the Jordan. And then I've stood at the edge of the Jordan, which is where the Israelites find themselves in Joshua three. And they have to take a risk. And this new generation of Israelites, they have to step in. They have to do it. They have to take the step and follow God, or they're never going to get to walk in. I, I say, walk in, dance in, play in experience the promised land living that God has for them. And so I, that was a life-changing to look into it from Moses's point of view, and then to be on the other side and to think, which side do I want to be on? 
Mm, gosh, I know. And, and when you put it like that, of course, we want to be on the other side. Um, and there's this quote, and I think I just got it off of a sitcom or something. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it says, um, do you want to, let's, fear is for a moment, but regret is for a lifetime. Mm. And that just, it, it's never, I mean, and again, I don't even know what sitcom it was, but it's just never left me. And I don't want, I don't want to regret and look back on my life and be like, gosh, God, why didn't I say yes to this? So, so kind of on that note, you actually say, if you're not in God's best place, you're missing out on something great. And so, you know, like there is, I do think that there is God's best. I think it, sometimes it takes us a while to, to maybe get there. Um, but do, I don't know, how do you have, how do we practically take faith steps to get to our own promised land? And maybe our, our, our promised land's kind of different other than I know the promised land of eternity, but for yes. each of us, since you were saying like, all of us have different yeses. So are all of our promised lands kind of different as well? I think so. Because what I say, the actual promised land is, is obedience. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be different for you, Rachel, than it is for me or for the listener right now. Um, but when we are walking in obedience, we are enjoying the fruit of the promised land. And I love when the Israelites before, when they were wandering through the wilderness, God provided, he gave them manna every day, bread coming from heaven. Um, and I love bread, so I'd be okay with that. But it says <laughs> when they got into the promised land and they built an altar and they were there in Gilgal, the day they had the first Passover, the manna ceased and they ate the produce of the land, the fruit of the land there. What they had as an offering from the Lord was wider and greater than what he had provided. He provides for us in the wilderness. Yes. He meets us in those moments. Um, and cause he's a God who never leaves, but he has more for them than just manna coming from. He's like, I'm going to give you grapes that are so much. They're on poles that pe two people have to carry, you know, <laughs> and, um, I'm going to give you the fruit of the land. And so, yes, I think it is different from everyone. And I think the first step is acknowledging your fear because you cannot move into a faith step if fear is stopping you and you don't even recognize what that fear is and then releasing that fear. And then we all know what that first risk is. Usually we know, you know, you have that, that like your heart beating faster when you think about it or the someone's asking you to say yes to something. And you just know that moment I'm supposed to say yes to that, to working in the church nursery, even though it scares me to have a bunch of two-year-olds running around, whatever it is, you know, you know, when God is calling you to say yes. And so being ready to take that risk and, and these are big, brave steps. And then the tiny brave steps, all of them are obedient, living promised land steps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Step by step. Mm -hmm. And so you also encourage readers to say yes to God wholeheartedly. And this is consistent and continually, which is I just what we've been talking about this whole time. So when we do, you say there's no telling where we'll end up. And I just love the thought of that, like the hope and the excitement in that. And so in my devotional, Mary, the mother of Jesus, I think she was just a prime example of like continuing to say yes and just be willing, like, yes, Lord, I'm willing. So, and then in keeping with your book and the Israelites, how is this evident in their story? Well, they said, yes, they ended up in the promised land, but then it wasn't done. Like at one point, Joshua was standing with all the people in Sh at Shiloh, which I've been able to go to Shiloh and stay in there. And it's just so cool because it looks like it would have been. And to think that the tabernacle was there, God's presence met them there. And Joshua says, because God tells him to, how long will you put off going in to take the land? So they're actually in the promised land, but there's still more promises that God has unfolded for them. And it is, so it's 
a daily thing. It is not a one and done. It is a daily surrender and waking up. And it's sometimes hour by hour. Here's my yes again. <laughs> Here's my yes again, Lord. What do you have for me this day? What? Where are you leading me today? What is the promised land? What is the land you have for me um, to possess? And it will involve sometimes different battle plans. And sometimes it means staying somewhere. Sometimes it means moving on. Sometimes it means... Um, you just never know where God is going to take you with that. Yes, but it changes everything when we surrender. So I'm just interested. What do you think, Jen, is the risk if we don't put our yes on the table? And then alternately, what is possible if we do? I think when we don't put our yes on the table, we are missing the opportunity to see God's glory unfold because he's often calling us to things that he has. Well, he already promises he's gone before us and he's behind us. He's all around us. His presence is with us. And so when we say no to what God has for us, we're missing that experience of what he's already prepared, where his presence already is ready to meet us in new ways, shape us, change us, mold us um, into new creations um, in Christ Jesus. Like that's what he promised that you are a new creation, but he is taking us to new places and new things. And, and sometimes that's in staying in the same. Uh, but when we say no to God, we are missing that. It's just almost like Moses having to stand there and look out into the promise, but miss it. And here's what I say though. We have a grace filled God. And I talk about in my book, how if one wrong unsurrendered, no, doesn't mean you've missed everything God has for you because mm. his grace will meet you and his mercies are new every morning. And you just call out again, okay, Lord, my fear stopped me, but help faith propel me. Here I am. I say yes. Yeah. I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to try Lisa Harper. She came to speak um, here in my community and she was talking about Moses in the promised land and how he, he had, you know, it was like he let fear and whatever else stop him from realizing getting to the promised land after all those years in the wilderness. But then later on in the new Testament, when Jesus was transfigured, who was there on the same Mount Nebo, he eventually made it. He was at the right hand of Jesus, you know, eventually on that mountain when he was transfigured. And I think that that's beautiful. That's such a beautiful reminder of that. God's not done with you. Mm -hmm. He won't. If you, if you let fear stop you in a moment and, and disobey there, he's still going to get you to the promised land eventually. But I think so much of the key to this, and I don't want to miss this moment there may be a woman listening that has never said yes to Jesus for the very mm -hmm. first time. And so if that is you listening today, reach out to Jenna, DM us. We'd mm -hmm. love to talk you through that. Um, because that's, that's the, as we opened this episode, that's the number one best mm -hmm. step you'll ever make. And then at that point, then you can keep saying yes to God. Do you have anything else to say on that? I love it. I have the thought of someone saying yes to God for the first time is just so exciting because it, changes your life forever for eternity and so yes if you're listening please reach out to us and let us know and and then just remember if you're listening and you're like i've missed it i've missed it yeah. the bible is full of people who missed it and god <laughs> kept drawing them and they mm -hmm. and showed them grace and love and mercy and even like you said with moses uh i love that he didn't get to stand there um 
in person, but mm-hmm. you got to sit at the right hand of Jesus. I mean, yeah. isn't that just an example of the grace and the power of the love of our God? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So as we close, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm tailoring this question to all of my guests this season at the very end. So Jen, how have you seen God take a little yes, a long way? Of course, I know that we, well, that's been the topic of the yes, whole conversation. I love, it. I love that question. It's so good. And I think for me, it has been the most fun. I feel like I'm li- living dreams that I didn't even know, like the biggest dream I could have br- dreamed in saying yes to God. God's like, I'm going to show you even bigger. I'm going to show you how I'm going to work in you and work through you and take you literally around the world. And you didn't even go on your first plane ride till you were a junior in college. Like I am that God I'm going to provide for you. And so saying yes to serving him and, um, saying yes to walking away from just being stuck in the fear stops and moving towards the faith steps, um, has taken me literally just the most adventure of a lifetime. That's the only way I know to describe it. And so all of these yeses um, are worth every bit of sacrifice because God said yes to me. And so I love getting to say yes to him. Yeah. Yeah. He he chooses all of us mm-hmm. for sure. And so- Rachel, I have to say that your book, I just got to read a snippet of it, mm-hmm. um, of the devotional. And I'm like, I cannot wait. I'm counting down. I cannot wait to have the whole copy in my hands. It is so good and so powerful and made me want to say yes to God. So oh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I I appreciate you saying yes to this conversation. Uh, I know I want to stay connected with you. I'm sure listeners are going to want to stay connected with you. And so tell us how we can best do that. So you can come find me at comingaliveministries.com or I'm on Instagram as comingalivejen um, or on Facebook, just type in coming alive ministries and you'll find me. So I would love it. And that's J-E-N-N. Yes, that's correct. Yes, because Jennifer. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for encouraging us to um, say yes and put our yes on the table. I'm just so grateful for your encouragement and your joy. You just exude such joy and you're really living out this message that you're encouraging us to. So thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited about your yes to writing this book and I can't wait to hold it in my hands. So I will look forward to with my highlighter and my... Um, Bible open. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Jennifer Hand. We hope that today helped to encourage you to believe that a little yes goes a long way. If you have never said yes to God by putting your trust fully in Jesus, there's no better time than this very moment. To say yes, you can say a simple prayer like this Lord, I admit I am a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin, and I recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer to me because of your great love, not because of anything I have done. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and the Savior and Lord of my life. From now on, help me live for you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. If you have said yes to God as your Lord and Savior, ask Him to reveal your next step of obedience then say yes. If you're interested in show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to connect with you there. I'd also love to connect with you over on rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive the weekly love offering newsletter. And all of this information can go straight to your inbox each week. 
You can also find previous podcast episodes, you can read the blog series, you can purchase some of the significant merchandise, and you can download the free resources, including the conversation guide, the guided journal, a list tracker, and recipes from this A Little Goes a Long Way devotional. I also have the Advent devotional that we released last year, but that's so timely. Again, we're going to be going through the book of Luke starting at December 1st, all the way leading up to Christmas. So that is on the website as well for a free download. Thank you so much for joining us again on this A Little Goes a Long Way journey. Next week is A Little Encounter Goes a Long Way, and my guest is Alice Matagora. She is the author of How to Save the World, Disciple Making Made Simple. I can't wait to chat with you again then, but until then, I hope you have a terrific week, and as always, remember to lead with love. Mm